Hey guys, welcome to PT Snacks Podcast. This is Casey, your host. And if you're tuning in for the very first time, first of all, welcome. But what you need to know is that this podcast is meant for physical therapists and physical therapist students who are looking to grow your fundamentals, but in bite-sized segments of time. So before I get into today's topic, I do want to remind you that the PT Snacks service challenge is going and essentially all that is is I want you for the first three months of the year to try and find a need in your community and then fill it. So you have until March 31st and it could be PT related. It could be not. It could be something that takes a lot of effort. It could be something that takes an hour. But I just think, what if we started off 2023 looking outside of ourselves and looking at those around us? And that's it. So Please use the hashtag PT Snacks Service Challenge if you are doing this. Go ahead and tag me in that, um, or send me an email if you're having any um, if you have any questions or things like that for me. But I love hearing from you guys, and um, yeah, maybe you know, let me know what you're doing so I can share it with others on the show. Now today's topic is about shoulder dislocations, and it's a little bit more of a broad topic. We could obviously go into a lot more detail, but then it would not be a, a PT snack episode, right? Because they're supposed to be concise. So today is more of an overview, and then we can go into more of the nitty gritty later. But essentially, when we're talking about the shoulder joint, I just need you to understand this. So in all the major joints of the body, when major joint dislocations happen, of the time it happens in the shoulder. And that's because the shoulder joint is naturally a little bit more mobile rather than stable, which makes sense because for the shoulder joint, we need this to be able to interact with our environment, right? We use our arms to reach for things and manipulate our environment. We don't walk on them. We don't put a majority of our body weight through them. And so naturally, with that in mind, the joint itself is has a little bit less coverage than maybe the hip joint, for instance, right? So keeping that in mind, also don't forget your anatomy in terms of there is the humeral head, the glenoid, and then there is the orientation of the joint slightly forward because we interact usually with things in front of us. We don't really like tight behind our backs, right? And then also the bony coverage that is around that. So I would invite you if you are not driving to just Google a picture of the shoulder joint so that you can visualize this if you are a visual learner. But that in mind, when we are talking about dislocations, there's three types named by the direction in which the shoulder dislocates. So we have the anterior, posterior, and inferior dislocations. So if we start with anterior Anterior dislocations are going to be the most common. That's like 95 to 97% of shoulder dislocations dislocate anterior. And with that, keep in mind, posteriorly, it's a little harder to do just because there's a little bit more stuff back there and inferior is even harder for it to happen. There's specific mechanisms associated with each one. The mechanism for an anterior is usually there's a blow to an abducted, externally rotated and extended upper extremity. Now, In this position, so if you abduct, actually rotate and extend your arm, the inferior glenohumeral complex is the primary restraint right here. It can also happen with a posterior humerus force 
or I fall on an outstretched arm. But typically when this patient is walking in, if it's still dislocated, that arm is abducted and externally rotated with a prominent acromion. With, now, with most dislocations, you're going to be worried about some sort of nerve damage, if there's some sort of traction injury or, or something like that, um, or even like fractures as well. But with an anterior, you may also be worried about fractures associated with the labrum, glenoid fossa, and or humoral head. Um, there is something called a Hillsack's lesion as well, which we'll cover in the near future. Now, a posterior dislocation, like I said, is a way less common. That's maybe 2 to 4% versus the 95 to 97% that we talked about. And usually it's caused from a hit to the anterior shoulder and an axial loading of an adducted internally rotated arm. And so with that position, instead of having a bony backdrop, then we're able to stress the posterior aspect of the shoulder joint. So when this patient walks in, their arm is typically, if it again still dislocated, held in a deduction, a adduction, right, internal rotation, and they cannot get their arm to rotate externally. There is a risk, of course, with this to a fracture, for a fracture of surgical neck or tuberosity, a reverse Hillsack's lesion, and injuries to the labrum or rotator cuff. Inferior is the least common of all. That's like less than 1%. And typically it happens when the arm is hyper abducted or with axial loading on an op abducted arm. Now with this patient, when you're looking at them, their arm is probably above and behind the head and they can't adduct, adduct their arm. And with this also, it's associated with nerve rotator cuff tears in the internal capsule and it actually has the highest incidence of axillary injury and artery injury. In general, these patients are going to complain of something like popping when it happened, a sudden onset of pain with decreased range of motion. It's, it's very painful to move. They might have a sensation of the joint rolling out of the socket. Um, or they might even say, hey, this is actually my 50 millionth dislocation. Um, so you want to ask about if they've had a history of previous dislocations or even if they've had numbness or tingling at the time of the dislocation or since. So it is important to assess for this, palpate around the structures, see if you can palpate. Like for instance, if we're worried about the humeral head being forward or anterior or something like that, or we're palpating the chromion, um, this is important to see. You also want to check for a neurovascular compromise. So the axillary nerve is actually the most common, commonly nerve injured with shoulder dislocations, like 40%. So as you're assessing it, remember it innervates the deltoid in the teres minor and also provides sensation to the lateral shoulder. So in some places, if someone is trained to do so, they might reduce their shoulder, put it back in place, they, that patient's going to go through a protected, protected motion stage where you're basically allowing the shoulder to heal and then eventually help it to get back its range of motion, active range of motion, strength, etc. Um, especially if you're progressing them towards like return to sport or something like that. 
So that's it for today, guys. We'll expand on this topic in the future. But if you have any questions, feel free to reach out at ptsnackspodcast at gmail.com. Or you can find me on Instagram at pt underscore snacks. I love hearing from you guys. I've mentioned it already before. Um, If you're loving the show, please write a review, give it a five-star rating, share it with a friend. Um, All of those things are fantastic and appreciated. Or if you want to support the show, there's a link below for buy me a coffee where however much is appreciated, that just helps me to keep the show running and free. And then if you need some CEUs, maybe you're about to renew your license or maybe you're doing some specialty exam prep like for the OCS or the SCS that's coming up. MedBridge is offering listeners 40% off for their annual subscription. If you just use the promo code PTSnackspodcast, there's like thousands of CEU courses. As I mentioned, there's a specialty exam course prep material. I used that when I was studying for my OCS. And then if you're working with patients, you can also put together a specialized home exercise program based on their exercise library and like print it off, give them an access code or, you know, however that patient wants it. So super useful and 40% off is a big deal. So check out that link below too as well. And other than that, that is it for today, guys. Have a great rest of your day and until next time.